this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode nitish kumar has done it again he probably holds a record for the number of times he has ditched his allies only to ally with them again in india's politics there is clearly nothing ideological about his choice of partners nitish kumar's decisions seem governed by one goal alone how to keep the seat of power warm as he becomes chief minister for the eighth time in 22 years nitish kumar has clearly dominated the politics of bihar with or without the bjp and with or without the rashtriya janata dal will the new alliance with the rjd and the congress hold does this new bonding hold anything for india's politics beyond bihar can nitish kumar become the face of the opposition in lok sabha 2024 to answer all these questions i am joined by senior journalist and columnist radhika ramaseshan welcome to the hindus in focus podcast radhika thank you amit thank you for inviting me radhika my first question so why has nitish kumar done what he's done now Amit, if, uh, let's go back to 2017 when Nitish Kumar broke away from the Mahagathbandhan and joined hands with the NDA again. This time, the alliance was shaky, choppy from day one. First of all, Nitish did not have his best friend in the BJP, Sushil Modi, in the cabinet. Sushil Modi by then was marginalized by the central leadership of the BJP. he was brought to delhi to the rajya sabha and his entire his role in uh, bihar was minimized if not eliminated altogether so as far as the bihar bjp and the central bjp was concerned nitish was friendless in all his earlier uh, stints with the nda uh, nitish had a whole cabal to support him this included lk advani Arun Jaitley he was on very close terms with Arun Jaitley and Sushma Swaraj they all went missing by then i mean is uh, you know either they were out of active politics or had passed away or uh, you know were too ill to sort of uh, play a role in uh, the alliance so and on top of that uh, no doubt bjp very tactfully conceded the chief minister's post to nitish despite being a much larger party but that was about it the bjp had two of its own deputy cms it more importantly it had its own speaker with whom nitish was not on the best of terms from day one i mean the speaker was used in various ways to needle nitish kumar so this was not a happy tenure for nitish the bihar bjp uh, leaders were it seemed were at liberty to say what they want assail nitish whenever they wanted and the center would intervene just so and again withdraw so this whole uh, saga of you know exchanges continued it was more from the bjp than with nitish to be fair to uh, the janata dal united uh, at times there were uh, jdu uh, spokespersons all leaders who replied to the bjp but by far the bjp was the trouble maker this time there was no absolutely no doubt about it so does this mean radhika that uh, they wanted to uh, marginalize the jdu's role in bihar's politics was that the objective 
well, that was the objective because they realized that after the uh, Nitish was on a sticky wicket, although he had done quite well in the 2015 elections when he had Lalu Prasad Yadav and Congress as allies. But, you know, minus these two props, the BJP quickly figured out that Nitish was not such a huge factor as he was made out to be. So seeing him as vulnerable, they decided to kind of, uh, you know, uh, attack him whenever it was expedient and also build their own base and expand. Because by then, the BJP, ha- having done very well in the 2014 Lok Sabha elections, uh, the BJP sensed that the space was wide open for uh, the party and it could kind of, uh, you know, uh, transcend Bihar's caste politics. I mean, remember, unlike UP, Bihar is still deeply embedded in caste politics. And it, to me, it seems that the BJP has not got the caste equation right so far. But nonetheless, the Lok Sabha election uh, outcome proved that the BJP had managed to transcend the caste fault lines and emerge as a quite a powerful force in Bihar. However, the same uh, outcome did not really translate into gains in the assembly polls. The BJP, uh, in the last assembly polls, the BJP had uh, Nitish as an ally, but if you recall, they used Chirag Paswan, who by then was out of the NDA, as a pawn against Nitish to so undermine Nitish's base. So Nitish lost a good number of seats. And it's very interesting that the losses were primarily due to Chirag Paswan undermining the JDU's base. So the seeds of suspicion that were already sown uh, started to germinate by uh, the end of the last uh, Lok Sabha polls. So it, uh, to me, it really seems like the BJP was out to finish off Nitish, you know. There was absolutely no doubt about it. Not just downsize, but marginalize his role in Bihar so that it would be a straight fight between the BJP and the Rashtriya Janta Dal, where in such a scenario, the BJP probably thought that its whole Hindutva card would uh, you know strike a chord among uh, uh, large sections of the voters and it would be able to contain the RJD. That was the calculation. I'm not for a moment suggesting that this would have worked on the ground. Far from it. But that was the BJP's calculation. So it, it almost seemed as though it wanted to get Nitish out of the way. Although now, with the benefit of hindsight, it looks like the BJP has realized its folly you know, that it was probably more dependent on Nitish than it would like to think. But that was the way things played out then. So do you think, um, Radhika, then that uh, Nitish Kumar has carried out, in a sense, a preemptive strike against the BJP? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, I think this was coming. You know, though I uh, felt that it would come probably closer to the Lok Sabha elections. I didn't know, think that he would strike now, but the various kind of gestures and optics that played out in Patna and in Delhi over the past few months, you know, the famous iftar party which uh, Nitish attended, after which he met Amit Shah at the airport. Amit Shah was on a flying visit to Patna. And there, I mean, you know, there were cozy exchanges between Nitish Kumar and Tejasvi Yadav. 
more significantly, all of them spotted skull caps, which now seems kind of a rarity in today's ambience, but they did. And I thought to myself, this would never happen in Uttar Pradesh. I cannot imagine Akhilesh wearing a skull cap, but this is Bihar. And there is a primary difference between Bihar and Uttar Pradesh. Then he skipped four of the meetings called by the center, including the last one of the Niti Aayog. He did not attend the presidential swearing-in. Nonetheless, the JDU voted for uh, the NDA's presidential candidate as well as the vice presidential candidate. So I thought this is very typical of Nitish, you know, one step forward, two step backwards. So I didn't think that it would uh, happen now. But in, in retrospect, it seems that what really sealed the fate of Nitish and the BJP was the treatment meted out to Uddhav Thakre in Maharashtra and the manner in which the BJP split the uh, Shiv Sena, took away a chunk of the Shiv Sena, left Uddhav Thakre high and dry and formed a coalition to replace the MBA coalition. And not just that, you know, the harassment of uh, uh, Shiv Sena leaders started in right earnest after that. So there was a sense of vindictiveness to the whole exercise. And I think that really scared Nitish. Now, I mean, uh, you know, this, uh, there's no reason for him to feel uh, assured uh, that uh, the BJP won't sort of crack the whip against him or his MPs or MLAs. But I think he looked for immediate relief. And since Lalu was already warming up to him and was ready to concede quite a few uh, things on Nitish's terms, he decided to bite the bait and dump the BJP at this juncture. It is no doubt fraught with risks, but it was a risk he probably thought was worth taking in his own interest, in the interest of his party, and uh, probably in you know the larger interest of Bihar and the politics of secularism and so on. So, uh, Radhika, one of the possible fallouts of uh, this realignment uh, yet again in Bihar could be the fact that the opposition space is now fully open to the BJP to exploit. Do you think that's the case? Yes, absolutely. The opposition space is for the BJP because even the Jitendram Maji's hum has come over to the side. Uh, not to forget the left parties and uh, so on. So the entire opposition space belongs to the BJP. However, I mean, having spoken to quite a few people in the BJP, they're not exactly jubilant, Amit, you know. It's not like an opposition space being opened up for the BJP in Uttar Pradesh, where it was positioned to take full advantage, you know, despite an alliance between Akhilesh and Mayavati. Here in this case caste still trumps communalism in uh, Bihar, although somebody, an ex-JDU person told me yesterday that, uh, you know, the BJP is growing very rapidly in North Bihar and that should be a cause of concern to the RGD and uh, to Nitish Kumar. However, I think it's going to take a while for the BJP's Hindutva agenda to take deep roots in Bihar. Uh, on the other hand, the Nitish, RJD, Hum, uh, and of course the Congress or whatever is left of the Congress is a formidable social coalition. There is absolutely no doubt about it. And as a political observer rightly told me yesterday, in Bihar, 
you know the various castes which are aligned to a particular party or a coalition treat the leaders as their patriarchs they are not merely political uh, leaders they are father figures to the yadavs lalu prasad is still a father figure no matter you know if he's down and out or he's in in jail or out of jail similarly to the kurmis where the, and this i found was very interesting the kurmis regard uh, nitish kumar as a father figure now ramvilas paswan was a patriarch to the paswans now his son has still to kind of uh, find traction especially after the party split now where does that leave the bjp the bjp sadly is left with the votes of the brahmins and the bhumiyars and this unlike the obc and dalit votes is a fairly shifting kind of uh, vote constituency because in uh, the recent mlc elections the rjd had fielded bhumiyar candidates who won so uh, you know a section of the bhumiyar especially the young bhumiyars are probably possibly looking at tejashwi as an alternative uh, and tejashwi has acquitted himself quite well on the political stage in the sense that he doesn't provoke the degree of hatred that uh, from the upper caste which is father did i mean he makes the right noises conciliatory gestures conciliatory statements towards the upper caste his a to z formula which he says is inclusive of all castes has gone down so while the opposition space is wide open to the bjp it remains to be seen how it exploits it in social terms and more importantly the bjp has not nurtured and raised a leader in bihar i mean all these years it was dominated by sushil modi but sushil modi always ended up playing second fiddle to nitish kumar with whom he was associated since the jayprakash narayan student uh, days so you had uh, sushil modi i mean you know trying to be a larger than life figure but failing because he didn't belong to the right caste and he was seen as too much of uh, a you know a nitish man then amit shah tried to pro- project nityanand rai a, a central minister and a yadav to kind of as a counterfoil against the rjd that didn't succeed for the very reason which i said you know that uh, the, the the relationship between a certain caste and its patriarch or leader so nityanand rai was not really able to blossom into any kind of an adversary to lalu or uh, tejasvi so the bjp is really groping for a leader in bihar that's a serious problem because if you uh, contrast uh, what happened now with what happened in uh, maharashtra they had a devendra fadnavis okay fadnavis belongs to a very minority section of maharashtra's population namely the brahmins but he has other attributes which have seen the bjp through in pretty bad times he is like a get up and go kind of person you know i mean he can uh, manage to split parties work on uh, the bjp's rivals and so on they did not have anyone of uh, that caliber in bihar and i think that was the reason why the bjp's legendary chanakyaism which it is so famous for in recent times didn't quite take off in bihar radhika looking a little beyond bihar 
Do you believe that this realignment that has taken place in Bihar has any implications for national politics? Uh, we hear a lot of uh, comment that Nitish is interested in a role beyond Bihar. But uh, what his record has shown in the last 22 years, that uh, Bihar seems to be, uh, you know, his preferred uh, choice of uh, as far as the seat of power goes. Well, the perennial sort of uh, groom in waiting, I think, you know. I mean, many a times it was said that Nitish's would be the preferred choice of a non-BJP coalition at the center. But he himself has allowed his such opportunities to pass up because he is, uh, you know, his frequent somersaults have kind of detracted from his credibility to quite an extent. I mean, this is, will be his eighth uh, stint as the chief minister. Now, I mean, to answer your question, we have to wait and watch. I am not very sure whether this is going to impact uh, national politics in a big way. Not yet. Uh, the uh, coalition in Bihar has to stabilize first and foremost. You know, uh, Tejasvi is showing every signs of being a very ambitious kind of uh, person. He was there on uh, TV and, uh, you know, he spoke more than Nitish did. So here is this young man raring to go. And uh, we have to see how uh, the alliance uh, plays out between the two parties. So I think we have to give some time for uh, the government to the new government to consolidate and then uh, take it from there. Of course, on the other hand, Nitish has done so many terms as the chief minister of Bihar. I'm sure he nurses national ambitions like other regional satraps do. But, uh, you know, realizing that is a huge leap forward. And, uh, you know, especially when uh, you have a formidable uh, party like the BJP at the center, which is not going to allow any space for a non-BJP um, alliance in the Lok Sabha elections. It's going to be hard to, for Nitish to get uh, any kind of uh, space. And then besides, you also have Mamta Banerjee from Bengal, although she is in uh, trouble at the moment, then you have uh, K. Chandrasekhar Rao. I mean, surprise, surprise. The way he is sort of, um, you know, he has asserted himself and trying to find a place on the national uh, stage. So I think first and foremost, Nitish will have to uh, find his feet in this tenure since he was very shaky in the last tenure with the NDA. See if he can deliver on the major promises that he has made because his governance was slack by any kind of reckoning in uh, the previous tenure. Uh, and uh, then, you know, take it from there. I mean, and for him, it would also mean trying to shed, uh, you know, the baggage that he has inherited from the BJP because people are not going to forget very easily that he has spent the better part of his political career in the NDA with the BJP. He has endorsed or at least partially endorsed some of the BJP's divisive agenda. So there's a lot of explanation there for Nitish to do. But he hopes to wash away some of that by al aligning with the RJD, which by any reckoning is the only party which has stood steadfast on the issue of secularism. Laulu Prasad just refuses to compromise on that, come what may, you know, despite his various uh, uh, jail uh, sentences and so on. He is one leader who has refused to compromise with the BJP. So I think Mignitish probably hopes to gain a bit from joining hands with the RJD.
But as far as his role on the national stage is concerned, I think it's some distance away, quite a distance away. Uh, Radhika, clearly, uh, you know, Bihar and Uttar Pradesh are very important for the BJP's, uh, uh, you know, uh, coming to power uh, at the center. And uh, last time round, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the NDA won 39 of the 40 Lok Sabha seats. So in such a scenario, do you feel, uh, you know, with this new or old, whatever you call it, alignment of forces, do you feel that uh, there could be some dent in the prospects of the BJP uh, in Lok Sabha elections in 24? Yeah, if we are talking about uh, Bihar, it's a tricky kind of situation because come Lok Sabha, and it is always uh, Narendra Modi who uh, dominates the show, whether it is in Uttar Pradesh, whether it is in Bihar. Of course, there are states like uh, Odisha and Tamil Nadu where the BJP has not been able to, which the BJP has not been able to penetrate despite Modi's overwhelming presence. However, the BJP has struck deeper roots in Bihar than, say, Odisha or uh, Tamil Nadu or even Andhra. So it has a base in Bihar, which cannot be sniffed at. Now, However, it is up against this new social coalition, which it would not have foreseen. And that is where the problem is going to arise. How is it going to play with the new equation? Because uh, mathematically, this equation looks, uh, uh, you know, all set to surpass the BJP to me. However, that can happen in the assembly polls. Whether it happens in the Lok Sabha polls, uh, one has to really see because Narendra Modi uh, has the skill to turn the focus, the attention on him, on his rhetoric, on, you know, his uh, speeches and more importantly, his attacks against the opponents and this whole business about everybody ganging up. To usher in a jungle raj, I'm sure they're going to use the jungle raj plank to their advantage now. That might click with not just uh, the upper caste, but sections of the OBCs and Dalits as well. You know, so I think the Lok Sabha um, scenario might prove to be a little more daunting than the assembly elections, where I do see the social coalition in case it hangs together until then doing much better. A very quick uh, last question. You know, given that the BJP has been desperate for power and, you know, they've gone out of their way to, uh, you know, get allies, uh, you know, in different ways uh, which we are familiar with. So why didn't the central leadership of the BJP do anything to make sure that this understanding with Nitish continued? Yes, absolutely. Very good question. The central leadership could have very easily negotiated with Nitish on its terms and bypassed the state leaders completely. After all, the state uh, unit of uh, Bihar is not quite like, uh, you know, the state units in other states where the BJP has been winning elections. There is no Suvendu Adhikari in uh, Bihar to t- who can take on uh, Nitish. So why did the central leadership, why did it have this kind of low, hot, low, cold attitude towards Nitish? Now, I asked this question to somebody and he said, look, uh, you know, despite uh, Nitish and Narendra Modi's, you know, none too happy relations, which go back to 2010 when Nitish was ungracious, he disinvited Narendra Modi, who was then the Gujarat chief minister, to a dinner that he was hosting for the BJP delegates attending a national executive in Patna. 
and after that you know uh, narendra modi gained such traction in bihar that there was really no looking back for the bjp despite all that modi took the initiative to bring nitish back to the nda in 2017 so i asked somebody how i mean you know given that modi does not forget and forgive his adversaries very easily he says that it goes back to the 2015 elections and modi realized that this is a strong social alliance which had to be broken at any cost if the bjp had to register a presence in bihar so he was prepared to forget what happened and you know how nitish had um, dealt with him and go ahead in the electoral interests of the bjp in bihar so purely from that perspective the jdu's departure is a loss to the bjp i mean considering that modi was kind of prepared to uh, sort of overlook nitish kumar's shenanigans and make peace with the jdu so there is no doubt that it's a huge loss and had the bjp even had an inkling that the uh, that Mo, uh, nitish and lalu were all set to make up it would have stepped in and tried and to run a preemptive strike you know tried to prevent a rapprochement between the two leaders i think somewhere it was caught on the back foot you know it's and i uh, kind of uh, attribute a lot of it to the state leaders who live in a basically live in a la la land you know if you talk to any of them they think that they are no less than uh, the central leaders of the bjp and the f- fortunes of the bjp rests entirely on their shoulders i mean that is the kind of uh, pretensions they live with and they have let down the central uh, bjp on this occasion radhika ramaseshan thank you so much for talking to the hindus in focus podcast Thank you Amit pleasure my pleasure In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues In the meantime you can find our podcast on Spotify Apple Podcasts Stitcher and other platforms Just search for In Focus by the Hindu We'll see you soon